0: Hello, I'm Angel López Sánchez,
1: and I'm Kirsten Banks, and, and we, we are, are the, the Sky scientists.
0: scientists.
1: Hey, that worked pretty well. <laughs>
0: Okay, that was an interesting intro, Kerstin. Yeah, did you like it? Uh, yes, yes. Um, you know, I'm a kind of classical music of pop. Not that electronic music, but I think it is nice for the podcast.
1: Yeah, it sounds science-y.
0: science-y for the scientists. Okay, and we are back. This is our second episode And we are so excited about that, that we are actually recording this uh, in a week in advance because we really want to go and have everything ready for you soon. And it is great uh, feedback that we have been already receiving. So thank you very much to all our listeners.
1: Yeah, over 250 listens in less than a week.
0: That is good. Hopefully we will get some few more. Eventually, perhaps get into the millions and millions that you are hoping for.
1: That's very true. We are looking for those millions of listeners. So, help. last week we started off uh, by introducing ourselves, but I seem to remember you forgot something.
0: Uh, well, of course, we cannot introduce completely in just one episode, so we have to say other things in different episodes.
1: That's true. We just give a little bit of ourselves each episode.
0: Um, I think that it will be also interesting, at least to mention, that uh, I'm actually working at the Australian Astronomical Observatory and I'm the science communication officer here. Meaning that uh, part of my job it is not only to do research, but also to help organising uh, science communication activities or outreach events, observations with amateur astronomers and talks with the schools and plenty of other activities. For example, this kind of podcast adventure. As science Communication Officer at the Australian Astronomical Observatory, I also have to publicize all the research and the technology that we are developing here at the uh, AAO.
1: Yeah, look, I think you're living the dream here.
0: I'm completely living the dream because that has been the kind of job that I have been looking for for many, many, many years, because it is putting together two of my passions, mm. one doing the research and the other communicating that research and what science or astronomy is
1: that's right and that's as we talked about last week i'm sure that science communication is the best
0: exactly exactly as this is our second episode we have been discussing some few sections that we would like to have in our podcast
1: yeah we've got an idea for what's up what's up not just how are you going what's up but uh what's up in the sky.
0: What's up in the sky?
1: Yeah, so at the moment, uh, we have decided the Southern Cross. Well, we haven't decided. The Southern Cross is coming up in the sky tonight, and very, very recently, the fifth little star of the Southern Cross has been given an indigenous name and has been recognised worldwide as its indigenous name, called Ginan. Ginang. Ginan. Yes.
0: Did I pronounce it properly? More or less. Ginan.
1: Yeah. And this is seen by the Waterman people, so just south of Darwin area, as a small dilly bag full of knowledge or songs of knowledge that were passed on.
0: So Darwin, it is in the Northern Territory. Yes. So for many hundreds, thousands to millions of listeners outside Australia. Mm Mm-hmm. It is in the north of this beautiful country.
1: Yes, north and central.
0: North and central, yes. It is one of the few big places that I have not visited yet.
1: Neither have I. I've been across Australia from Sydney across to Perth and along the eastern border, but not, not quite too far north yet.
0: And I have been told that there is a very nice national park around that area, the Kakadu. National Park?
1: Kakadu, yeah, or the Kimberleys, I think. No, My geography Kimberlies is not very th- good.
0: The Kimberleys, I think, are more to the west.
1: Right, both great regions that I haven't been to.
0: Okay, well, we have to do an excursion there. No. Oh, yes. Okay, well, coming back to the Southern Cross. The Southern Cross, it is actually the smallest of the 88 constellations that we arbitrarily have divided the sky. Mm-hmm. It's very tiny, but very nice.
1: It is very nice. It
0: is very nice.
1: So nice that some Australians decide to get it tattooed on their body.
0: Uh, well, yes, <laughs> in the body, but that is because you Australians, I cannot define me yet an, as, as Australian. Perhaps it's here. I don't know. We
1: have our fingers crossed for you. Fing,
0: fingers crossed, thank you. Because the Southern Cross is it, actually included in the Australian flag.
1: That's right. Even that little Guinan star is included in the flag.
0: And Alpha Centauri. That Whoa. is the
1: sixth. I'm not sure. E. So there's a bit of debate about this, actually. So uh-huh. the the sixth, yeah, the sixth star underneath the Union Jack is the Federation star, right? Mm-hmm. There's been discussion about whether it's an astronomical, astronomically significant star or if it's not. I've heard discussions on different sides.
0: Okay, that is interesting because mm. what I was told, and I have actually seen this in many, many occasions, it is that each of the six stars that appear in the Australian flag mm-hmm. is representing an estate in Australia.
1: Oh, no, it's the seven points of the Federation Star.
0: That is the seven points of the Federation Star?
1: Yeah. I remember oh. talking about this in high school a lot. Okay. A lot of debate about this. Okay. Yeah, I'm, that... I'm pretty certain, I'm happy to be tr- proven wrong, but I'm pretty certain that it's the seven points of the Federation Star that each represent a state or territory of Australia.
0: Well, it seems that I really need to study for my citizenship exam, but also you will never go to bed without knowing something new. That's right. <laughs> Do you know the names of the four, what are the stars, the four brightest stars in the Southern Cross?
1: I know one of them is Acrux. Acrox,
0: yes, yeah. that is the only one I know. You that is <laughs> why I was asking.
1: <laughs> I think one's called Mimosa. I'm sure another one's called Beta Crux and...
0: Yeah, Beta, Gamma, Delta, yeah. <laughs> but these are not, you know, funny names. I want to know all the names.
1: That's true, well have to ask to our hundreds of viewers, hundreds at the moment, to be thousands, millions soon, I'm sure, if you can name all of the stars in the Southern Cross. Help us out.
0: Please. That is a good idea. Great. But I think it is important to emphasize that this name, Ginan. yes, yes. This is an official name that has been given by the International Astronomical Union.
1: That's right. So it's the right name. It is a,
0: the right name. Because only the International Astronomical Union have, let's say, the power mm. to name, officially name, stars and objects in the sky. That's right. I also have another experience about the Southern Cross. Oh, yes. Because although the first time I could see the constellation well high in the sky was when I came to Australia the very first time in 2003. Actually, I have already seen the three northern Stars. Oh yes, from the northern hemisphere, because you can see them from the Canary Islands.
1: Ah, because they would they just scrape just, above the southern horizon. Yes, yeah,
0: just over the southern horizon. Oh, there the you three go. of them. You will never guess that that is a Southern Cross. You have to believe. <laughs> you have to follow the maps and. You say, do okay. have to
1: believe with with some of these constellations, <laughs> Be,
0: because the, the the brightest one. I mean, the, the southern star, mm-hmm. that is the one that is providing you the kind of significant that it is a Southern Cross. Mm. But I have been told from people there at the observatories in the Canary Islands that you might be able to see that star uh, from oh, really? time to time, not because it is visible from this latitude, mm. but because of the refraction.
1: Ah, uh, from the atmosphere. From
0: the atmosphere. Oh, cool. So that is an extra job that we can provide from our friends in the northern hemisphere that mm. are latitudes around 28 north. Perhaps you can see the Southern Cross also from there.
1: There you go. Not so Southern Cross. Okay,
0: well, that is a very good idea, I think. Continue encouraging our listeners to go and have a look to the stars. Mm-hmm. And that is our the purpose of our WhatsApp
1: Yep, section. our WhatsApp uh, section, segment yes. thing.
0: And we will be doing this kind of experiment in every episode. Also, connecting with amateur astronomers, because that is something that perhaps we should also emphasise. We are astrophysicists, but we are also amateur astronomers.
1: We are indeed.
0: So we have been doing amateur astronomy for a lot of time. And I particularly do a lot of astrophotography in my old times when I was at the age of your age. (laughs) When I was your age, I actually didn't have the possibility of taking many photos through the telescope, but I did plenty of drawings. Oh, really? Oh, so, cool. Yeah, I have to Did you it.
1: ever make your own constellation?
0: Uh, yes, of course, when I was a kid. Many <laughs> of them, I was just looking for different constellations up there. So, yeah, and that is, I think, another good way of trying to connect with the different people. Yeah. And on top of that, we will have the theme or a topic.
1: Yes, each each episode will have some sort of theme. And this week's theme, or this fortnight's theme, I should say, this episode's theme is... The blue-red supermoon.
0: Blue-red supermoon. What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. How can a moon be blue and red and super all at the same time?
0: Okay. Well, we have to think about that. Yes. But... If you get the red color, definitely it is because it is a lunar eclipse. Yes, which
1: we both agree that lunar eclipse is the word for the event.
0: Yes, no, Mm -hmm. because um, um, I refuse to mention the blood moon. I hate it. I really hate that term.
1: We're astrophysicists, not vampires.
0: No vampires or whoever. We define these events as a lunar eclipse. Yes. The red moon. And then we have a blue moon.
1: A blue moon, which does not come from astrophysics. No. It comes from astrology, which for no. those who can remember correctly and for those who can't remember correctly, astronomy is a science, astrology is... Something well, else. <laughs>
0: something else. Yeah. It is a pseudo science that's mm. you uh know, for
1: your own interpretation.
0: In the twenty first century we should not be having any remnants of any kind of science. Although as we also try to joke in the first episode, there are plenty of them just coming across. Oh yes. So the blue moon is
1: is by definition of astrologers. It is the second full moon in a calendar month.
0: And as we already had a, a full moon on the 2nd of January...
1: Indeed, we will have another one on the night starting on the 31st of January. Yes, absolutely. the and,
0: 31st of January. And the reason
1: why I say starting the night of the 31st of January is because, as you pointed out to me a few weeks ago, on Hell, the actual full moon, the full... Point of the moon is actually occurring on the first of February, isn't it?
0: For us in Sydney, yes. Yes. And from people in uh, New Zealand and in these uh, longitudes, yes. The full moon, by definition, will be at zero twenty-six of the first of January. Twenty-six meaning, minutes. Meaning that for only twenty-six minutes, I'm talking about Sydney because that's it, it will be two twenty-six for yep. New Zealand. So for only these 26 minutes, strictly talking, in Sydney, you will not be able to see a blue moon. That's right. But if you're in Perth, you will.
1: So there you go, Perth, you've got a blue red supermoon.
0: <laughs> so we have the blue, We sorry, we have the red,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the lunar eclipse. We, we have, now have
1: the blue. The blue.
0: That is, again, coming from this crazy idea of having two full moons within the same calendar month. Shocking, isn't it? Well, it has to happen from time to time. Yes. And uh, then we have the super moon.
1: The super moon, which is not a superhero, Mm -hmm. uh, but...
0: Well, as Neil Grace Tyson recently said in a tweet, if you are putting super moon, you know, the definition of super to the moon, when this is happening, it is something that it is just... Not doing good for cool names as Superman or Super Mario Bros.
1: That's right, or Supernova,
0: or Supernova. But or very
1: much, especially Super Mario Brothers.
0: Super Mario Brothers, yes. And then here I have to say again hello to Luke, to my <laughs> my son. He's absolutely crazy with Super Mario at the moment. So so he's turning five, and we are organizing a big party with. Marios and Luigis and all the other names that I don't know because I have never played to Super Mario before. (laughs) I have to recognize that. But he knows everything.
1: It sounds like a great party.
0: Oh, it's going to be a great party. I will send you photos.
1: I would say it's
0: super. (laughs) It's going to be super. Much super (laughs) than the super moon.
1: Yes. So how about we define what a super moon actually is then?
0: We actually, astronomers, have had a term for the super moon for a lot of time. Mm-hmm. A supermoon, it is just a full moon that is happening when the moon is very close to the Earth.
1: And what's the name of that time when so the moon is very close to Earth? The n- scientific name. The
0: scientific name of that, it is the perigee.
1: That's the one. I always get confused between perigee and apogee, but Apo- perigee is the close one.
0: Perigee is the closest one. Yeah. Apogee, it is when the moon is in it the is farthest, farthest, farthest away. Yeah.
1: Which we would call a moon.
0: Exactly. One of the important things for me thinking about or craziness that has been happening recently in the last few years mm. with the super moons, one of the things that we can learn from knowing that there sometimes the moon is a bit larger in the sky and sometimes the moon is a bit smaller in the sky, it is not that the moon is shrinking and getting a bit bigger.
1: It's not a balloon, guys. It is
0: not a balloon. It is just because the moon is moving around the Earth following not a circle. That's right. But an ellipse.
1: Kind of like an egg shape.
0: Kind of. Kind it is of. not exactly, but it mm. is just an ellipse. Having the Earth in one of the focus of the ellipse. And that is why there are small differences depending where the moon is located in its orbit around the Earth. Sometimes it's a bit bigger, sometimes it's a bit smaller. And well, it is actually very difficult to know. To, to be honest, I can't tell. Yeah, uh, me neither. But there are amateur astronomers that have actually said that they can see the difference between the supermoon and the micromoon.
1: See, I can believe that if you have the two moons next to each other in like photos. But when going between each full moon, that's four weeks Yes. Between each full moon, more or less, 29 mm, days?
0: It will be more than that because you actually need some few months to move from the super moon to the micro moon.
1: Even then, yeah. So, so between, between micro moon and a super moon, the time between that, I would never remember how big it actually is.
0: And the difference, as we are saying, it is rather small. About 14%. That is the difference between the full moon happening in the apogee, yep. which we call a micro moon, and a full moon happening in the perigee, that is the super moon. It mm. is a difference around the 14 15%.
1: Yeah, of the diameter.
0: Of the diameter. Yes. And that is interesting. This number is interesting because in many news and in the media have been continually saying that the difference between the average moon and the supermoon it is 14%.
1: That's not right guys. And that not is right. not
0: right. The difference is just very very small around 5 to 6% with respect to each. So it, yes. is, it is around yes. on f- average. On yes. average 5.5% the supermoon with respect to the average moon and around the 7% between the average moon and the micro moon.
1: Very very small differences here from average moons. Correcting the media here. <clears throat>
0: yeah. well... <laughs> From time to time, we have to do that. We it's do. A couple of years ago, actually, November 2016, we have this craziness with the supermoon.
1: Oh, not just the supermoon. The super, supermoon. Ah,
0: yes, right. It was not only super, but super, supermoon. And I remember just uh, watching in the internet all the huge amount of people just going here in Sydney to mm. the cliffs in the in the coast, just waiting for the moon rising a super super moon that's right what can we say about that
1: to be honest i think it's in a way it's good because it's bringing people together to look at the sky we both like that at the same time it's false in a way that the added hype is not needed for a super super moon or a super moon because just watching the moon rise when it's not a super moon is an amazing thing to watch by itself.
0: Definitely. And, it, to be
1: honest, and as we were saying, it looks pretty much the same.
0: It is b- b- very much the same. But there is something that happens when the moon or the sun are rising yes. or setting. That's right. Which is an illusion mm-hmm. that our brain creates. Because when the moon is close to the surface, of, so you have the horizon, or you have some few buildings or trees or mountains, whatever, yes. you're brain try to put a scale to that. Yes. And it seems that the moon or the sun is much bigger than what actually is when we see the moon or the, or the sun just in the middle of the sky without any kind of reference.
1: That's right. We have a perspective now. We can compare it to the trees and to the buildings as you were saying. And so it generally looks bigger when it's rising anyway
0: exactly it seems but it is because of this effect this kind of illusion that we have to also consider actually some few years ago i did some calculations and because of the refraction of the atmosphere mm-hmm. in the vertical axis the moon is shorter
1: oh interesting yeah. so it's actually making it less super
0: it is less super wow But because of the trick of the moon illusion that our brain is tricking us, it seems much larger. That's right. And that is why at the end of the day, many of these people were amazed and super happy of watching the super, super moon rising over Mm -hmm. the ocean.
1: You know what's really funny though, is they get so excited when they see it with their naked eye, but then they go to take a photo on their phones and get very disappointed very quickly. Oh, yeah. Because the phone doesn't see it the exact same way your eyes do and there's no moon illusion through the phone.
0: And on the other way around, there are many photographers, me included, that we use lenses Yes. or a, a small telescope. We know that the moon is going to rise in a particular place and we try to align that with a monument, a tower, a mountain, oh. a tree, just name it. Yeah. And then you take the photo through your lenses or your telescope and then just show that with any kind of reference, and then you are wow, that is a super moon because it seems very big ah, in the photo. So,
1: this is your tip to all the astrophotographers getting ready for the 31st of January, by the way. This is when this is happening uh, to get something in perspective in your photo
0: when the moon is. And the moon it's is rising. rising, yes. From Sydney, it is not that easy. Well, it is easy if you are not in the coast, because if you are going to the coast, you are going to look in directly to the ocean. Yes. It, it is, It's going to be very beautiful in any way.
1: Yes. And let's hope there are no clouds that night.
0: Please, no clouds, <laughs> clouds, email. clouds, go away. For clouds, the entire night. For the entire night. Because we have
1: the supermoon rising when, well, let's say around... 9 o'clock. Yes. That would be more or less the time when it would come up. Yeah,
0: after immediately when the... As the sun's going down. Yes, when the sun is going down, we will have the moon rising.
1: Yep. But then the lunar eclipse, our red moon, isn't until about 11 o'clock at night. Yeah,
0: well, I have the... I was actually having a look to the data here. A lunar eclipse that I'm not sure if we have defined a lunar eclipse before.
1: I don't think we did. Not specifically.
0: Uh, We We just said
1: that it was red.
0: It was red, but we didn't (laughs) say what a lunar eclipse is. No. What it is?
1: A lunar eclipse is when the moon passes into the shadow of the earth, projected by the sun.
0: And that is why we can actually see a lunar eclipse from any part of the world. Yes. In which it is night and we can see the moon. Mm. So only people who are in the wrong part of the earth will not be able to see a lunar eclipse. Sorry. That is a very big difference with respect to the solar eclipses.
1: Yes, those ones are very particular, a much smaller area that actually sees yeah, the solar eclipse. But can you explain to me, because I could never quite understand why that is.
0: The thing is that you have the moon that is around 400 times smaller than the sun, mm-hmm. but at the same time is around 400 times Closer to the earth than the sun. Yes. And that is why they have more or less the same size. Yeah, they appear the the same size. More or less. More or less. There are some few differences that we have been talking about, particularly the moon. Yes. Because when the moon crossing sometimes the disk of the sun, Mm -hmm. and that is just putting a shadow over the earth. And because of the projection of the distance between the moon and the earth, That shadow, it is only uh, 90 to 100 and few kilometers Mm -hmm. in width.
1: Right. That's very small.
0: Very, very small. And that is moving as the moon is just moving around the Earth. Yeah. And that is why we have a total solar eclipse that can be only observed in this very particular region of the the Earth. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a kind of a line, curved line, because of the orientation of the Earth and the Moon and the. And that is around ten to twelve thousand kilometers long. Yes. But only around one hundred kilometers thick.
1: Yes, so very, very thin path across the Earth.
0: Yeah, a very, very thin path. That but I long. You have to be there in that path of totality, which is the name that mm-hmm. it receives, to actually un- enjoy. Uh, And hope it's not cloudy. And hope it is not cloudy, (laughs) yes. These are the main differences between the lunar eclipse and the total solar eclipse. Mm -hmm. Solar eclipses can be also divided in some few categories, particularly the difference between the total solar eclipse and the annular eclipse. That is, an annular eclipse, it is when the size of the moon, it is smaller than the size of the sun.
1: Ah, so it doesn't completely cover it.
0: Exactly. So it is not able to make it completely dark. Mm-hmm. Because something that we have to emphasize during a total solar eclipse, please, wonderful. If you try to see one, you will see the stars appearing in the sky and a drop of the temperature. It is a twilight in all the directions, of the whenever you look. It only lasts for two, three, four minutes. Very magical. And of course, you will be also able to see the corona. The yes. last layer of the sun that is only visible during the total solar eclipses, but sometimes the moon is a bit too far away from the earth, mm-hmm. as we have been saying, yes, because it is in the apogee uh-huh. or nearby the apogee that will be a micromoon, indeed, and then it, the size is smaller than the size of the of the sun, mm. and then it is not covering completely, and yes. then we have an annulus or a ring
1: ah. of the sun. So that's why it's called the annular...
0: Annular eclipse.
1: I thought it was just, you know, annular because it was an annual thing. No. (laughs) That's just me being silly. (laughs) No,
0: no. No, it is not that. It's just the ring thing. Very spectacular too. Not as much as the total solar eclipse, but I particularly remember once in 1994, there in, in, in Spain, where I'm from, that it was setting, the sun was setting in the moment of the... Maximum of the eclipse, Mm -hmm. and it was a ring, and then you only see a kind of an arc, wow, an arc of the of the sun setting. It was fantastic. I still have some few photographs that I took that time. Wow, I was still 17 years old. (laughs) That was a long time ago.
1: Should try and find them and uh, post them to our Twitter page.
0: I should. I and Facebook. I should. I should try to find them. I don't know where they are. Because they are not digital.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: we are talking about this.
1: So this is oh, before my time.
0: time. You were not even born. No. Yet. <laughs> I'm feeling old again. <laughs> anyway, we wanted to say some few uh, times for the lunar eclipse starting the 31st of yes. of January. Times for Sydney, what we call the penumbral eclipse, which is not very clear to define with words i will say but mm. it is when eclipse is starting
1: yeah we start creeping into the shadow of it, the earth
0: yeah but you will it, it is very difficult to see any difference in the moon mm. you will see that later mm-hmm. in the, when the partial eclipse begins yes the penumbral eclipse begins at around 9:51 pm and an hour later at 10:48 it is when you actually will start to see some red. The reddish coming. Not, perhaps at the beginning it is not red because the the contrast of the full moon with just the shadow of the earth. Yes. So the moon is yes. entering into the shadow of the earth and you're starting to see that...
1: Kind of like an arc taken an out of it. An arc. Someone's an... taking a bite yes. out of the moon. Exactly. Someone's yes. enjoying too much cheese.
0: Yes, someone <laughs> is just eating the moon. By the way, that was what many people in ancient cultures thought that oh. was happening that there was a god uh, that was angry because whatever reason and he mm-hmm. was eating the moon or eating the sun which was even worse
1: yes Well. Wow.
0: for for that it will be the moment in which i will recommend you have uh, a small telescope or a good lens and a camera mm-hmm. to start taking some photos i will yes. try to do that yes and try to get another time lapse of the of the sequence
1: that would be awesome
0: yeah well
1: I love your time lapses thank
0: you let's see what happens Mm, cloud gods in Sydney please be good please be nice
1: to us we
0: are good we are good people but uh, the real moment in which we will be able to see this red moon very high in the sky by the way Mm. will be at around 1151 just a moment before midnight And only for an hour and 16 minutes. That's a pretty long time, then. Yeah, it is good. It is almost 80 minutes, 76 minutes. And the eclipse, or the totality of the eclipse, will end at around 1.07.
1: That sounds about right.
0: And then mm-hmm. the, the moon will be start to go the other way around, just going out from the shadow of the Earth. Yes. And in uh, 3.08 a.m., the eclipse will be finished.
1: Mhm. Be quite the night to stay up and to watch this event. In fact, I saw on Facebook just today um that Sydney Observatory is having a special event.
0: Ooh. And I
1: wish I was working, but I'm not. You're not, <laughs> well.
0: Sometimes I prefer do not have to work these kind of days. For example, uh, in the very famous super super moon 2016, mm. I couldn't actually observe with my own eyes the uh, super super moon right. because I was actually providing support to the Anglo Australian telescope, which is another of the things that I usually do for a living mm-hmm. <laughs> part of my work at the Australian Astronomical Observatory. But I took some few photos during the night before that. Oh okay. That's no, close enough. Were close enough that but is, you but yeah. you could still could see that there is it is not full full moon. Yes. So yeah, there there will be probably some few other um, amateur associations um, around your area Mm -hmm. that uh, are organizing something. Although, you know, it is the moon, it is not that difficult to look at.
1: it's pretty easy to find. It's definitely one of the easier things to see in the sky. Just go outside, it's a big bright thing up ahead. Mm
0: -hmm. The only thing it is particularly you want to observe and to take photos, just try to have a look the nights before. Mm -hmm. Where is going to be the moon at that particular time, in order that you are not finding a surprise about a building, of a tree, or yes. something that's in in the path.
1: Which essentially you shouldn't, because it would be pretty much right ahead. Yeah, right overhead at the time. So, or at least in Sydney, it will be. So hopefully it should be okay. Mm-hmm. But yes, do be careful that uh, you don't have something in the way. Although a tree in the way can make for a pretty spooky photo.
0: Sometimes it's also very true. You have an, an object and then in the background you have the full moon. I have seen some few time lapses of the super moon or the full moon just rising. And then you are seeing some few animals that someone has been able to get. And these are just really, really nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have to show that.
1: Yeah, that's cool. That would be awesome.
0: There is something else that I would like to say with respect to the super moon. That we forgot to mention mm-hmm. because we have started defining super moons and as we said we prefer because we have an astronomical term to say that it's a full moon happening during the perigee, perigee. Yes. but some people don't like this kind of long name
1: mm-hmm.
0: and particularly was an astrologer
1: fancy that
0: <laughs> uh, a, a guy called Richard Noll in 1979
1: So not too long ago. It's really quite recent. No, it
0: is recently. He had the idea of defining the super moon just for astrology, for helping in whatever crazy thing they are doing. Mm. That is when the full moon or the new moon is actually happening near the Earth. Yes. He didn't mention Perigee. He just said near the Earth. Within a ninety percent to the closest approach to Earth. And that was a kind of definition. And it have been there from time to time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No many people have actually used them till some few years ago someone rescued the term for a news.
1: Yes. Good old media.
0: And that it is. We go to the media again. That have been going in crescendo or increasing the all the appearances of the term supermoon in in media and yeah. in the news. Till in a couple of years ago, again during the super supermoon, it was the very same NASA. That titled the new the new release. We are going to have the best supermoon in I don't remember 150 years. I That's usually remember.
1: the amount of years it is. Yeah. Funnily enough, why, Some, why like all that? these very interesting. Also, not quite interesting, astronomical events happen to be 150 years apart. I'm sensing a bit of a correlation here.
0: Yeah, but the thing is that in astronomy, we are having continuously these kind of events. Recently, we could see very close together Mars and Jupiter.
1: Yes, they were, they weren't, there wasn't an occultation, it was the other one.
0: It was just a concussion.
1: Conjunction. Conjunction. That's the word. And
0: that was not happening in, again, 150 years. Or something like that. I don't remember Mm. the name. It was not that common. It happens from time to time. But every year in astronomy we are having this. Yes. We are having some few things. There is a lunar eclipse or there is an occultation, for example, of Saturn by the moon, which is very spectacular. Or we are having the super, super moon or we are having a meteor shower that is particularly intense. Mm. And that is the good thing about astronomy.
1: Exactly. These things are happening all the time.
0: That particular event, perhaps you will not see it again in your lifetime, mm. but there will be many more that will happen and that you will be able to enjoy them.
1: And be just as significant.
0: There is another thing that I will like to make clear to our international audience, mm. because we have been talking about the lunar eclipse happening the 31st of January and Yes, first of right. February, but not everyone around the world will be able to see it.
1: No, they won't. So, for most of our listen listeners, actually, come from Spain. Hello, everyone. Um, but the lunar eclipse happening on the thirty first of January is only visible to Australia and the Pacific. We're very sorry, but Anhel, you're telling me there's another one coming soon this year.
0: There is another one happening the twenty seventh to the twenty eighth of July. Okay, and that can be not completely but partially seen from Europe. it will be completely seen from uh Middle East and from Africa okay and, right. and the western part of Australia, okay, so there will be another opportunity to observe a lunar eclipse, but that lunar eclipse will be known as super moon or <laughs> blue or blue. So, Kirsten, do you know the reason exactly why the moon is turning red during a lunar eclipse?
1: I have a good idea why it happens. So the Earth is casting a shadow onto the moon, or the moon's passing into the Earth's shadow projected by the sun. The redness comes from what I think is the light, Refracting through the Earth's atmosphere or scattering through the Earth's atmosphere—is that right?
0: That is exactly right. Yes, it is what we call the Rayleigh scatter.
1: Yes, ah, oh, my studies paid off.
0: Uh, that uh, that is fine. It's the same kind of effect that uh, when we have when the sun or the moon rising and mm-hmm. we see the reddish coming because the blue is completely absorbed. The blue colors are absorbed by mm-hmm. by the atmosphere. But it is also interesting to note that not all lunar eclipses are the same. So they have tonalities in the color.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, and and that is a very interesting fact because it is not going to tell you anything about astronomy or the moon or the sun, but about the atmosphere of the Earth. Hmm. Because depending how clear or how dusty the atmosphere of the earth oh, is yeah. you will you will get a brighter, I mean orange color, vivid red color lunar eclipse. That is typically the ones that we have been having recently. Mm-hmm. Or if because any reason the atmosphere of the of the earth is, is full of dust, have this kind of concentration of material for whatever, then the light is also absorbed and it is not a red color but a dark red sometimes even a kind of black very black lunar eclipse that we are observing wow and i particularly remember again before you were born (laughs) that was in 1993 a lunar eclipse that happened just a year a year a couple of years perhaps after the explosion of a volcano in the philippines Ooh. the Pinatubo volcano. And that lunar eclipse, I was a teenager then, and I have very good feeling watching that particular lunar eclipse, it seemed that the moon was a black balloon. Oh, really? Huh. On the sky. Yeah. But in the same way that we have uh, the red color, we can explain the red color of a lunar eclipse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Can we explain the blue color of the blue moon?
1: I don't think I've actually seen a blue-coloured moon before, though.
0: Uh, Have you seen that movie, The Pitufos? I don't know how it is, Pitufos, in English. Please help. Smurfs. That is the name in English. (laughs) Sorry, it is just because I saw that when I was a kid and I've never seen that before, just the movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: The movie, The Smurfs. Thank you, thank you. And, well, in the movie... A blue moon is happening and they are actually enjoying a blue moon also for the color of them.
1: Oh, not scientifically accurate, kids.
0: (laughs) Well, there are many movies that are not scientifically accurate at all. That's very
1: true. Maybe one episode we should go through some of these movies and see how we go. (laughs) But we
0: will not have enough only with one episode, for sure. That's definitely true. Anyway... The important thing here, it is that the blue moon is not turning the moon blue.
1: No, not in the
0: slightest. There is not a color. Actually, we are not sure from where the term blue is coming. No idea. As you said, it's astrology, perhaps, Um, but actually we, we don't know that.
1: But who knows, maybe we can put some sort of dust in the atmosphere or just in front of our perception of the moon, that will turn it blue.
0: Yeah, perhaps that that was what I was trying to remember as we are talking. I think to remember, but perhaps I'm completely wrong. One of these second full moons within, within the same calendar month, that is the blue moon, happened in a particular place with a particular amount of dust in the atmosphere and the person or the people who were actually observing the moon were noticing that it was a bit bluer and perhaps the name is coming from there but perhaps 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 so still many unknowns so the term that we have said that we are not going to pronounce but we are going just to give some more ideas about it the blood moon i mean our lunar eclipse it is not the only one What else is there? Well, there have been recently an increase of these kind of crazy names that they are providing to moons because they are happening from time to time or not happening at all. For example, do you know the name that the very first full moon of the year receives?
1: No, what's it called?
0: Wolf moon. The wolf moon. The wolf moon. Okay. Do, uh, randomly, someone said that. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the most famous one was the harvest moon.
1: I definitely have heard of the harvest moon, and I saw it on Twitter around September or August. September. 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 And I was like, what is a harvest moon? And I realized, oh, it's just the moon, the full moon in September. Yeah, but it. N-
0: <laughs> not a Saturday It is the first moon after the autumn equinox.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's a bit more astronomically significant. It's a bit more. No, it tiny, is a bit tiny more, bit.
0: But it might happen at the end of September, beginning of October or right. Um Then recently, and it was actually you who mentioned to me the term of strawberry moon. Hmm. It
1: sounds quite sweet. What is that? It's... You're going to love this, hell. It is the full moon in
0: June. Okay. So the... F- Full moon in June... Is the strawberry moon. And what happens if you have two full moons in June? You might have... It will be a bit too much because you have the 30 days in June. Mm. So it might be very difficult. But if we
1: did, you'd have a strawberry moon and then a... Uh,
0: the second strawberry.
1: A blue strawberry
0: moon? A blue strawberry moon.
1: Can you get blue... Bl- I'm sorry you can get blue strawberries.
0: Okay, blue strawberry we will
1: call it a blueberry moon.
0: Blueberry moon. We mm. have just... Invented a new term. Put
1: it down into the astronomical calendar.
0: Yeah, let's go to do that. But there is another interesting name for a moon, which is called the black moon. What? So we have said blood moon, wolf moon, strawberry moon. We have defined blueberry moon, harvest moon, and we have the black moon.
1: But the moon's white.
0: Yeah, well, it happens from time to time that... During a month, it is not possible to have a full moon.
1: Oh, so the absence of a full moon is black moon.
0: A black moon. Be- and that can only happen...
1: In February. In
0: February, exactly.
1: Mm, when it's a leap year as well. No, no. When it's not a leap year.
0: When, when it is a leap year, it still might... It still might happen. It That's still right. might happen. Yeah. That is what is going to happen next month. Oh, next no. February is going to be a black moon. Wow. Well, not for Sydney <laughs> and not for New Zealand.
1: No, we won't have a black moon.
0: <laughs> but from people in Perth or any western than Perth or mm-hmm. western from central Australia, actually.
1: Yep, up until the dateline.
0: Yeah. They... We'll have a
1: black moon in February.
0: Because they are having two full moons in January.
1: Ah, uh, that's right. So then none none in February.
0: None in February. Wow. Because the next full moon will be the second
1: March that's right wow
0: but besides these names of uh, the blue the wolf the blueberry um, harvest and, and dark the black and the black moons there is actually something that perhaps many of our listeners have realized Easter is never happening in the same moment of the year
1: mm, sometimes it's really early sometimes it's really late why is that
0: well that is because of the moon
1: Oh well, there you go. How convenient.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is because not all cultures in the world are considering the year, the way of mission in time, using the sun. Mm-hmm. Particularly in the in many many ancient cultures, were using the moon, and still Jewish and Arabic people are using the moon as a base of the calendar.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah,
0: that, that is also why Islam, they have the different kind of months moving around the year, mm-hmm. because it depends on when they can see the very first tiny crescent moon, ah. the way that they define months and the beginning of their the years. But for Easter, was particularly important because for Jewish, the calendar was based on the moon, and the main festivity, the Easter, that was the moment when... Uh, Jesus. Rose
1: again? Yeah. Yep.
0: Was happening after the very first full moon, after the spring equinox. Oh, okay. Spring equinox in the northern hemisphere, of course. For, yes, for us will be the autumn equinox.
1: That's right. Let's just go with the, the, March, the March
0: equinox. Exactly, the March equinox. At the beginning of the of church, and that was something that happened some few uh, centuries, so it was in the 4th century, I think, to remember the Nicaea Council, I think to remember from memory that it was very important to define Easter as the most important part of, of the ecclesiastic calendar mm-hmm. and that was fixed by the full moon by the moon of Easter in the Jewish calendar so Easter Sunday is always happening the first Sunday
1: after a full moon
0: after the first full moon in a spring or autumn or autumn in the first full moon after the March equinox. Wow. That is also why always during Easter you will have a full moon in the sky. Hmm. And from time to time you will get a lunar eclipse. Wow, true, you could you could. Exactly. And that it is interesting particularly for the culture and Coming from in Spain, with all the religious thing and the culture about Easter, that we have this kind of processions of parades of people with the saints. When we are having a lunar eclipse, Mm -hmm. and they are calling that the blood moon again. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And that is something very religious, Connected to the religious in in, in some way.
1: That's quite interesting.
0: It is interesting too. So at the end, we don't realize how much astronomy in particular, science in general, is still embedded in our culture.
1: Mm, And influencing it too.
0: Exactly. And and also in our traditions. Yes. Eventually, in another episode, we have to talk a bit more about the evolution of the calendar. We definitely should. Because it is a topic that I love it and there are plenty of connection between what we are starting to know about the universe and the culture and the history that is happening in that particular time. So I think that with this, we are completing the episode for For this this fortnight. fortnight.
1: Now, before we head off today, we just want to remind you guys to inform us if you know the other names of the other stars in the Southern Cross. Because we, yes, we are astronomers and we should really
0: know this stuff, shouldn't we? Well, Wikipedia is always there. We can go and check.
1: We can, but that's just the Google effect coming in. We want to be able to use our brains and still actually have a functioning brain.
0: But at the end, our listeners are going to do that.
1: (laughs) That's true. So help us out, be our Google for us, and let's learn together.
0: Exactly, which is also the reason why we are doing this kind of podcast. Don't, Don't believe that we know everything that we are saying because we are actually learning as as we go. And oh,
1: yes. Believe me, half the time I think of a topic to talk about, I have to google it and make sure that I know all the facts before I start talking about it. <laughs> so, yes, send us your answers and send us some questions too, don't forget, and to our Twitter and Facebook at the skyentists.
0: Good. The questions are also important. We would yes. love to answer those.
1: Yes, in upcoming episodes, we would love to do a question and answer segment, maybe towards the end of each episode, answering your questions and engaging with you guys a bit more.
0: Or perhaps we can use your questions as a topic for a particular episode.
1: Yes, we can do that too. We can have a whole episode just on your question.
0: Woohoo! So thank you very much for listening there.
1: Don't forget, on the 31st of January tune in, look up, and see this blue-red supermoon.
0: Or whenever the name they are providing them. Mm. If you are listening to the to this podcast after the 31st of January 2018, just look for the photos or just Google on internet when is the next uh, lunar eclipse and just enjoy it. It doesn't have to be a supermoon. It doesn't have to be a blue moon. Just enjoy the sky as it is, because it is wonderful and very pretty as it is.
1: That's right. Clear skies, everyone. We have a Twitter feed and a Facebook page at the TheSkyEntists. Follow us, tweet us, send us questions, and we might just answer them on this podcast.
0: Okay, clear skies.
1: Bye.